welcome to Games, Booze, and the Art of Three's Company. I'm Josh Koopman. With me, as always, is Ty Tepfer and Troy Weiss. Thanks for listening to us on the BOD Network. For more, check us out at basementofdeath.com or follow us on Twitter at basementofdeath. And if you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This is episode 37. Coming up on the show, we'll discuss the latest games we've been playing. We'll cover some recent hobby and purchase updates from the group. And then we'll wrap up 2016 with some gaming highlights of the year. We'll talk about the new legacy game trend, our favorite games of 2016, and our hobby and gaming goals for 2017. We hope you enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by Anvil 8 Games. Do you ever have a gaming night where too many people show up and you're worried it's going to turn into a clown farm shit show? Well, you're in luck. Pick up Frontline No Comrades by Anvil 8 Games. This fast-paced card game plays two to eight players. Anvil 8's first release, Ethereum, is a BOD favorite, and their newest game, Frontline No Comrades, is a regular in our rotation. It's a screw-your-neighbor-style game where your Russian soldiers trying to push your comrades into the line of fire to save your own skin. Loads of fun. Plus, the Soviet-style artwork is awesome. To pick up Ethereum or Frontline No Comrades, head to anvil-8.com that's a-n-v-i-l dash e-i-g-h-t dot com our theme music is by Fadeback for upcoming shows or to check out some other songs visit fadeback.org hit it boys Everybody, welcome to the show. We've got myself, Josh Koopman, sitting to my right, Mr. Tyson Tepfer. If a kangaroo had my dog in a headlock, I'd punch it too. Wow, that's that's brutal, man. We also have Troy Weiss with us. I am a tree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, we're doing a three-man show. I am Groot. We have no fourth chair. I see a chair right there. There is a chair. The empty fourth chair. Is that Mike Live? Yeah. Just in case somebody walks in and sits down. Yeah, it, it's, it's live Mike. Because studio is always open. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll set it up. We could tweet out and see if somebody shows up. But yeah, come the show. join us. Yeah. See if Clapsettle drives over. Come join. Marlin or like... Tommy decides, you know what, maybe work doesn't suck so much, I want to come podcast. Yeah, that, see, that would be yeah. nice. We, uh, yeah, Tommy was supposed to join us, and uh, his work sucks right now, and he couldn't join, so. It's just us, but. We got it. You'll love it. But yeah. it, it only takes three men and a baby to make a great podcast. Yeah, right. 
and the baby helps. Have they made one of those movies in the last 20 years? No. Thank God, no. What happened to Steve Gutenberg? He died. Did he? Yeah. No way. Plane crash. Goot's still alive. No. Still, still All right, let's get back on track. What are yep. we drinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am drinking a Fantasy Factory Ooh. by Carbon 4 out of Madison. Delicious beer. 608, what up? There is a unicorn blowing fire out of its nostrils and a cat with a gun. Is there a rainbow? And there's a rainbow in the background. And and a uh, a Mario castle. It's, I mean, it's pretty good. It's it's a delicious beer, and they did a really great job with the label. So, tip of the cap to you guys. Carbon 4. Tyson, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the House Martini. Uh, what is that again? It is a blueberry acai Van Gogh vodka with a white zero cal monster. Because you're watching your weight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just want to get hammered. Yep. Troy, what are you drinking? Uh, I also have the house martini. Mm-hmm. It's got both? the same ingredients that Ty's does. That's good. That's good. And ice. I like the ice too. It's good. That's mm-hmm. to keep it keep it frosty. Mm-hmm. Keep it frosty, That's what guys. They say right. So what have we been playing, gentlemen? Uh, you guys had a little sesh uh, of some Zia Legends of a Drift system. Yes, and I, I still don't know how to say this. Zia, Zaya, I, I don't know. I guess whatever way you XIA. want to say it. XIA. Legends of a Drift System is the full name. Uh, designed by Cody Miller. Uh, Far Off Games is the company. I think they're kind of a one-of. This is really the only game I think that they, they yeah, put out. I'm not aware of anything else they do. Um, they did have a, I got this through. They, do have a kick, they did do a Kickstarter for an expansion to Zia. Uh, that should be coming out. Pretty, I think sometime early next year, we'll, we'll ship out maybe mid next year. I don't know by the time that stuff goes out, but but we finally got uh, Zai to the table. Had heard really good things about it. Ty was over, I think John, and we had Marlon and uh, Marlon one, and one, his son one, Jonah one, was there. And I don't know Ty. I, I had a blast with this. This is, it really lived up to expectations. I loved it, and uh, I think it's going to replace. It may replace a few other games like maybe Firefly in the collection. I should. Firefly still making out, but um, really good. I mean, it, it is. A, I don't know. Is, is it a four X? I don't know. It's it's, a, it's it's more. It's like a sandbox. It has all the elements of a four X, but it adds more to it. So your options are endless. You can play peaceful. You can play be a merchant. You can play be a marauder. You can explore and gain. You're gaining fame through the actions you accomplish, and that's the the win condition mm-hmm. is gather more fame than your opponents. And, and simple, I think. What I, I mean, we all got a grab. I mean, we watched a little one of like how to play type video, um, but really didn't wasn't too much. And then got through the rules. And by that, you play that first turn, and yeah. then everybody was kind of like in in the groove. And we went, we had five players. I didn't feel like there was a ton of downtime. I felt like you got into it, unlike other some other games in this thing where you're down getting down there. We did play the shorter version. Well, I think five victory points or which they tell you to do for your first one. And when we got done, though, you kind of wanted more. You, I could see where you'd want to probably, like, 10 feels like that would be a nice well, yeah, we medium were, we weight We were all game. around three or four, and then I, I just hit the four and five in one turn, and yep. it was like, Finish oh, I want to keep going. But uh, And the expanding board, each as you 
as you explore out, you kind of build the board out. There are all these hex, right? They're hex, yeah. hex squares. Really nice art on those. You really, as you build out the board, it really starts to look pretty cool. And pre-painted ships. I mean, you, the components of this game are off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I don't remember when it runs. It probably runs about a hundred bucks, maybe. I think well, maybe a little re- less. recently, because up until the Kickstarter where they released the second like print run, you couldn't find a copy. The first print run went so quick. You'd have to spend two hundred fifty dollars, and people are doing it, buying it for two fifty off eBay and and on Amazon for two two hundred plus dollars. That's bananas. Yeah, eighty five. So eighty five. You can you pick it up now retail eighty five bucks. So I don't want to, but well worth it. I think well worth eighty five dollars for the components you get, um, and uh, again a lot of fun. So I I highly recommend this. I think this thing's gonna come to the table um, a lot. Um, yeah, it was it was great fun. I'd um I'd like to see that style of game in in other like uh pirate or fantasy world you know like i i think the style and the the rules would work in different themes and different settings and it's it's a strong game after only one play i think it made my top 25 top 20 cool yeah that's the excellent uh, we've been playing a little D&D. We've been getting back into our uh, Roll20 game that Ty's been running and having a lot of fun there. But uh, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to mention about our, 20, our D&D game. I mean, there was a horrific act of violence in our last game <laughs> where the, the cleric in the party um, opened a door, kicked in a door, and, and murdered, just murdered uh, the man inside the door. That was That was shocking. I mean, Troy, how did that leave you feeling? Um, well, my character tried to pull him off before it was too late. <laughs> he did. He did. But I don't. I wasn't wasn't able to get there soon enough. Not not yeah. to be fair. Uh, I, I don't have any skin in the game. But <laughs> to be fair, uh, that that man was gonna hurt the party. So the cleric was really standing in the way of of that. I mean, maybe he was just gonna look in the hall. You don't. That was that was a violent act, and it really defined. Um, you know the the group as murder hobos. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, but I mean it was it was fun. It's it's fun to get back into it. We've uh, we've done a lot of what's really been cool with the campaign of of late. It's been a lot of actual story and character development and and role playing. Not go to this mm-hmm. encounter, go to this encounter, open this door, open this door. Um, just kind of building the world and building the the ongoing grand story, which mm-hmm. you guys are are buying into and and taking an active part in which is really fun for me running the game yeah developing relationships and furthering the story with everyone i think is cool yeah no i think it was a black again i think it's what leads to the strength of the story as i thought about it i mean i think i swung my sword once the whole night but i had an absolute blast like it was a really fun story real fun to get through and i think that's really you know when you don't have to be rolling dice combat all the time and you're still having a blast, right? That's totally that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So definitely want to keep up that campaign, keep it going. And then I'm I'm doing live with Tommy and a few of his friends doing Storm King's Thunder, and they're they're cruising through it because we're getting to play weekly and introducing somebody totally new to it and somebody that hasn't played in a decade is just a ton of fun to get you know that that interest from new players. So that's D and D, super cool. Yeah, so we all met uh, Neil from work and his girlfriend at uh, 42 Ale House for like a pre-Thanksgiving gaming sesh. Um, and uh, we played a few games, but uh, Pandemic the Cure 
was uh, definitely something that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So in pandemic, the pandemic the cure. If you're familiar with pandemic, which is you know you have a bunch of diseases, co-op game, try and save the world to get there. Um, what they've done with pandemic the cure is they've kind of used taken the cards and tokens stuff from the board game and made it there's really not a board <laughs> there's just spaces on the board and dice there's like a replace, ring <laughs> yeah and and kind of dice replace all the the different cubes and stuff that were on, on the board for pandemic um it's a little i don't know it's a little lighter press your luck yeah and, um mm-hmm. it's almost like dice set collection in a way because as you roll mm-hmm. dice you save them it's yeah, uh, which mimics the mechanic of the card collection in in pandemic on mm-hmm. some of that. So it's, it's yeah, a lot of real different mechanics, but they're mimicking some of the same and you do get the same kind of feel. We were yeah. doing great too until somebody <laughs> ruined it. I don't remember um, who. Somebody at this table mm, ruined it. I might not have been able to make the roll. Yeah, Troy would have Troy didn't make the roll. Won us the game. Yep. Not pointing fingers, but yeah. you ruined it. It wasn't yeah. Neil and I were doing a great job. You know, carrying the team. I was moving Josh people to the like right spots, doing, and you know, it did escalate quickly, though. Well, <laughs> we did plan very hard. Yeah, but we, we had it. We should have won. We're experts. We should. If I knew how to roll dice, and Neil did a great job of uh, explaining the rules and, and yeah, he us. he will weed in the shit out of that. Yeah, it was great. So thank you, thank you, cool. Neil. And I don't. So, I, I mean, I don't know if people are familiar. I mean, the Fort Hue Ale House was a lot of. That's the first time I had been there. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Down in. Is that St. Francis? Yeah. St. Francis. Yeah. South of Milwaukee for people that are. St. Francis and Cudahy. It's right by the St. Francis Brewery, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, just yeah. Just up the street. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's a, you know, dedicated. It's we a don't nerd, have a lot of those in bar. Milwaukee, right? Unlike some people who live in Seattle where it's like, right, anywhere. Every block has one. That's yeah. what I hear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, cool it's uh, good food. I mean, we had food, drinks, uh, great beer list. Tots. They had tots. Yeah, I mean, tots are a side option with everything. Heck yeah. Tater tots and nacho cheese sauce. Super, Can't beat that, man. Super good. Um, cool, you know, cool vibe. Fireplace was going. We sat in the library, as it's mm-hmm. called, the corner with all the all the games. So, And we finally got to meet Neil in person and, and his girlfriend. Yeah, awesome. so we've met Neil once or twice before, and I, 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 I blew him off at Gen Con. Sorry, Neil. Um, I'll never live that down that I ignored you. I that's just you know too important going places. And weren't you too drunk? Maybe uh, not Gen Con. I mean, I was wasted at Gen Con late when we went through the the hall. But Gen Con, I'm usually pretty sober. <laughs> you, you think ish? Speaking of sober, um, Troy, you've been playing Star Wars Destiny, a game that I've said I'd only play if I'm hammered. But you and Neil have been playing a lot of it. Um, I did drink a beer while I was playing this um, this evening. We did a little after work action. So um, thanks to Neil for buying Star Wars Destiny, and then over the last week or so, I've been slowly. At first, it was stick stick your toe in. Then before you know it, your foot's all wet. Then you know. Then you got. Then then you're rolling up your pants because you're standing. Yeah, standing Mm -hmm. in there. And now I don't know. I think I'm kind of up to my waist a little bit. Um, but I played, so we played five games, I think I've, we played over that. Just the starter set. Um, it's a pretty good, I mean, it's a solid game. Solid game. You got the Star Wars um, kind of license on there. Plays, I mean, it's um, Ray and Kylo 
as a couple stormtroopers at your first fight. Um, all the games that Neil and I have played are come down pretty close to it. Although I, this last one I watched, I, I was playing Ray and I finally beat him, and then I switched to Kylo and I got crushed this time. But <laughs> there's some dice, there is some randomness to it, but there's a lot of strategy, a lot of choices, but plays pretty quick. I mean, it's probably a you know half hour game maybe at the most. Even we're even if you're playing at the full the starters, you're playing at kind of the twenty cards instead of thirty or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but. But and uh, cool, I, I think it's really solid. I can see why people. It's gonna a lot of people are gonna buy this thing. So now, now is it collectible dice? Collectible. Or? That's the What's, the. What separates it from um, Dice Masters? It it's a lot better. So that's what I said. And originally, I was like, oh, it looks like somebody like took some of the the ideas that Dice Masters had and maybe changed it a little bit. It's but it's a lot more. Like there's a lot more to it than Dice Masters. Plus the dice are cooler. You can actually read them. They make sense. The cards are kind. Of, I think the theme helps a little bit. Where Dice Masters, when, when I only played a couple times, but I never got any sort of theme out of it. I just felt like I'm rolling dice and trying to do this. This Destiny. Every time it feels like, all right, you have a lightsaber and it's doing different things. Like the the equipment yeah. starts to. It you're able to tell a little bit of a story with it. Things make sense. You have some you know the force options to do that. Can you be and Yoda? I don't know yet. All we have is the little starters. That's the only problem with the game right now is it has a little bit of a distribution problem yet. I think it's really hard to get boosters. Who made that? I think it's Whiz Fantasy Kids? Flight. Fantasy, Fantasy Flight. Flight. Yeah. Okay. Which again, why it's probably done a lot better than than Dice Masters. So, so I yeah I don't. I mean, the good news is Neil's buying it and I'm just playing it. That makes it a lot <laughs> a thanks, lot better. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> um, but it's one of those ones. Do you? Yeah, the collectible part's the kind of hard part because it's like if you get in, what's going to keep you from like? Because you get in, then do I need to buy? It? Then you buy a box, right? So now you're in at a, a hundred bucks or whatever. Um, the starters are only like fifteen, sixteen, whatever retail. Um, so you can pick up a couple starters, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. But I think the problem is then you're gonna like all these. You're gonna be like, oh, I should just get a couple boosters, and then I should like get a couple more boosters, and then they're gonna release, I'm sure, more starter packs with different characters in it. <laughs> Because I was telling Neil after this, like I'm, we've you know we played five games with Kylo and Ray, and I'm like, all right, I'm already I'm already ready for new characters, right, for us <laughs> to have. So it's like, um, but I think from a game perspective, pretty solid. The hard part's the collectible part. That's get out of Neil, buy some more. Yeah, right. As long as Neil buys it, I'll keep playing. <laughs> that's for sure. So I would recommend it from definitely from a game design fun. If you're looking for that medium weight game, or you're one of those people who. Maybe has that magic gene in you where you like to do some of the deck building sure. collectible thing that has all that too. So yeah, you know, pretty good. That's cool. All right, it moved up from like dismissive shake of my head to eh, maybe. I it literally yeah, I was in the same way. I I had saw knew it came out at Gen Con, but I had like zero interest in it because as soon as I heard the collectible part of it, and then mm-hmm. again Neil showed me the dice. And, yeah. <laughs> so God damn it, Neil. Neil from work. Well, uh, <clears throat> Tyson, Tommy, and I played a little Seafall. Uh, I know we've, we've Bodie talked. McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface made his uh, arrival to no, no, Lake that, Titicaca. No, because that was the one rule. That I was looked the rule. Josh in the face before we played, and I said, "You will only be able to play this if you do not name anything Bodie McBoatface." I had to promise to take it serious. Where's this? Did you cut your hand or anything like a blood oath? 
No, no. Oh, okay. I, oh, I, but I, yeah, I would have, I would have killed him. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty serious about it because uh, I think he really thought I was going to name my boat Bodie McBoatface and the sea Lake Titicaca and but I mean, so Wu Tang we'll, Port and you know, not to like be a spoiler for later in the episode, but we'll talk a little bit more about Seafall. Mm-hmm. But we did the prologue. Um, it was a lot of fun. It it's very deep. There's a a lot to it. So it was kind of a nice way to peel back that first layer, get a look at the game, rip up a few cards. It's crazy. Write, write in marker on a few things. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, <laughs> legacy games in, in our main topic after the break. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll cover some of those things uh, that Ty talked about. Cool. I'll, I have a spoiler for later, or uh, something I'll disclose okay. later in that right. section. Fantastic. Excellent. I'm excited. Troy, you played a little uh, Conan. Yes. So John, Ashton, and I, after we watched our, I won't go into our football team, um, last Saturday, broke out Conan. and Because uh, I had got the packages, this huge box. It weighed, I was like, what is this? It weighed 18 pounds. <laughs> What's the Kickstarter <laughs> that you got from Milo? So I'm like, this is ridiculous. So it's two full, big, you know, coffin size almost boxes for that. Um, but we got, yeah, Conan from Monolith Games. Uh, we got to the table, played the first scenario. We, um, as the, it's got an Overlord and then the other players up to, you know, another two to, I think you can play five. I think you can have like four different, four heroes and an Overlord at max. So you guys um, let Ashton be the Overlord? No, I was the Overlord. Ashton was who's the Savaris, or I don't know who the uh, one of the sidekicks was. John played Conan, um, but I pr- pretty easily mopped him up and killed him. Um, and then we went back and looked at where we doing the rules wrong and something like that. But, <laughs> so I, it it's interesting. I think it it looks like it's it's kind of fun. Even the game we played, even though they got beat. Um, definitely fun tons of miniatures which is if you like the miniatures the board a lot of the components are pretty cool really cool it's really now that i played through it once and kind of looked at the rules it actually is really kind of pretty easy to pick up and get to and to teach on the one of the downsides what you've kind of, i think i've heard this a lot and i kind of experienced it too is the the english rule book is a little the translation could have been done a little better um, and that's the, the some of the mistakes we made were all around either stuff that was kind of let out left out of the English stuff or wasn't translated correctly to give you the right tone from the French. But the good news is like when you go online, people who can read French would be like the rules were actually all really solid. If you knew the French version, it's just, oh, they didn't explicitly say this and things like that and, and how some of the spells work and things if, like that. If so, you read a rule book in French, though, you always lose. Is it? Really? The French never win. Oh, you're right. Oh. Ever. They never win. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> History jokes. <laughs> well done. Well done. Speaking of uh, jokes, anything else on Conan? Um, you know, it, I, I say all that. I'd like, to, um, I'd like to get you guys to play a little bit. But I am a little bit on the edge, like, will I really keep it? I don't know. Like, is it really going to get to the table enough? Is it really enough? Yeah, so that's yeah. It's one of the ones where I got all the stuff. I'm like, ooh, this is really cool. Not sure if I'm really going to invest in it, or or am I going to maybe play it once or twice and then decide move it on to somebody else. So, 
we'll see. I'm still on the fence a little bit about Conan. I've heard a lot of good things. It does seem a lot of fun to play. Just not sure where it fits in that kind of like with all the other games and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is it really, really something that is going to stick gonna, around? Stick around, yeah, yeah, and have some legs to it or not? Sure. Well, let's uh, let's break for our hobby section here. Um, so, Wait, what happened to Kickstarter? Oh, do we have a Kickstarter? No, uh, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Yeah, and I don't fooled, think anybody fooled you, homie. Kickstarted anything lately? So yeah, nothing noteworthy. Yeah, I think we got maybe things on slow boats. I'm, but just, I'm just being interrupting. You know, all right, doing my thing. Interrupting like tie. Knock knock. Not Who, mean. Who's there? Interrupting tie. Interrupting, interrupting tie. tie. Yeah. What? Um. Moo. So. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was gonna go there. Moo. <laughs> Um, so I'm sorry, hobby. I am in a text group with Ty mm-hmm. and his brother Tommy, mm-hmm. and often the conversation is around miniatures and hobbying and Adepticon. And I've seen probably, and this is probably being modest here, 10 lists. For various tournaments at Adepticon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's the new, new, new? This is, this is Age of Sigmar, right? Age, Age of, Sigmar. yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, Age of Sigmar tournament. So, so Tom and I do this thing during our day where we get on Scroll Builder and we generate a list. Sometimes Josh is a part of these discussions, and they're not. <laughs> they're not like, hey, let's play this, but oh shit, look at this cool list. We need to do a practice game with this because it's super powerful. So some of it is like lists that we want to practice with our lists against, and some of it is we want to do new armies and lists. <laughs> so um, there have been a few like we've tossed around. Maybe we play order and do stormcast and and high elves. Maybe we do chaos. Maybe we do you know, and we keep. Maybe we do all iron jaws. Maybe we do. So there's been a lot of bouncing around, but. We just send scroll builder lists back and forth. It's it's real fun to listen yeah. to because they like they'll 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 no this is definitely the list we're going with this one this one's gonna rape face uh, and then then like uh you know like in a couple hours later it's like oh wait check this out and then the, yeah another yeah. list will come out or a couple days later uh, a whole different army will come out yeah so it's 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 funny i like it so ty can you describe your list again like yeah what you is, did the other night yeah what is the new list all destruction be total assholes do chaos destruction be total assholes be order be total assholes or just do whatever <laughs> or the non-asshole <laughs> list is that your that, yeah that one's at the bottom because we have this like themed list that would be kind of fun and interesting and look cool we think on the table but then we also the more i see i so Age of Sigmar, the Grand Tournament itself, is three times the size of last year. They have a, over 100 players registered. Wow. The team tournament is full for Age of Sigmar. So there's at least 50 teams ready to go. So we don't want to show up and people. be pushovers. We mm-hmm. want to no. be competitive. We know there's going to be some badass mm-hmm. like meta-breaking lists. And we want to. We kind of want to compete. So Yeah, I don't. It'll be interesting to see my hunch on the meta is that you're going to see rock hard lists. Like yeah. I think 75% are going to be are going to be badass. Even the ones that are go. you know that are painted and look gorgeous, 
the the supposedly fluffy list, my mm-hmm. guess they're still going to be rock hard. Like, like I, be- I think the Sigmar meta is where the 40k meta was like three four years ago, where mm-hmm. it's not overkill. There's not too much, but there's some really powerful stuff. There's some great combos, and the the game lends itself to mm-hmm. that. So yeah. half of the fun right now, like Josh was saying, we throw these, we keep throwing these lists out mm-hmm. there and bouncing ideas off off one another because there's so much and there's such cool dynamics to the game that that it, and it's accessible it's not like it would be impossible to put yeah. these together with what we have and what we can get ready and i i know just enough to like kind of pick up what they're talking about and and uh figure out like oh yeah so that's like a gun line list or that's like a pop-up and smash you in the face kind of list or yeah like and it's funny to like kind of see the different dynamics that they keep talking about but yeah anyway so yeah list building is a big part of the the hobby for sure um josh you have done some well troy i think you uh are also in the age of sigmar um i have never played a game Uh uh-huh but i may like have a full army in a box (laughs) (laughs) it's still on the sprue uh, it is still on the sprue at the moment although i don't know if it'll make it through the weekend on the sprue (laughs) as 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 we get closer to the end of 2016 I've retweeted a lot. I've liked a lot of tweets. I've read a lot of tweets. This was the single greatest tweet of 2016. <laughs> when I saw Troy tweet a picture of a Sylvanus start collecting box, some Kurnoth hunters, and something like, I'm I'm all in, hashtag AOS. Uh, it, it was, uh, and AOS begins, yep. <laughs> yeah, and I liked it, and I retweeted, and I saw a few other people, like big Twitter, like Age of Sigmar guys, like retweet, like it. I'm like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Troy's yeah, in. Yeah, I finally. But I mean, I really when I saw the Sylvaneth guy, it did, that one like called me, and I was a little, but I was intimidated a little bit by the models. But the more I looked at it, and the more I kind of watched Duncan do some painting or whatever, and I felt I felt, and I'm like, and that's what you really. I think again, we've talked a lot about miniature gaming, or whatever. You got to thin your. Paint. If you have your, you got thin your paint, <laughs> twist your brush, but you have to have passion yeah, for that can, army yeah. you want to play. That gets you so much so far. And that's what I found with the Sylvanus. Like, all right, these are pretty cool. And so, yeah, it was pretty easy. To, and then there's just been some crazy deals. Um, Frontline Gaming, I'd like to thank Frontline Gaming again. Um, but they had some, you know, like Black Friday deals and stuff that it was. And again, it, these boxes for Age of Sigmar make it so easy to just kind of jump in and have something. It may not be super competitive, rock hard, but you, cause you can play the game and it's a good starter and get in right and get right. i mean it's a yeah almost more than a starter like you have something fairly legit you, like you can like throw 100 in. points of stuff like it's it's yeah. a third of a solid army if not more, slightly more it's yeah. and the value i mean yeah it, it's great value it's cool to see gw keep that going with their start mm-hmm. collecting boxes and their army army deals for sure yeah, yeah. more to come more to come yeah, and as as Troy buys Sylvaneth, I'm ramping up my Beast Claw Raiders, the Ogres, buying Stonehorns, buying Mornfang packs and goblins. I now have sixty Night Clan goblins ready to roll. It's craziness. Forces of destruction coming for you. I need to start painting my Bloodbound mm-hmm. for sure. Anyway, um, so uh, speaking of Black Friday and and times like that. Um, my wife had a 40% off coupon and they had some sort of deal at Hobby Lobby. Um, so I picked up big sheets of felt at Hobby <laughs> Lobby 
it was uh was like 10 by 5 or whatever you know big giant sheets and they were like 10 bucks each Mm -hmm. i'm like oh this is perfect that's awesome yeah so i bought a white one for like a snow theme i bought a black one just to have you know black's good and uh like a tan one for like a desert theme and then a green for you know greenfield um just because i didn't have i didn't have that big swath of of felt that i've been needing so um yeah it was it was perfect it was the perfect time to go to hobby lobby and pick that up i still love when i i went into joanne fabrics like a year or two ago to buy felt (laughs) and i'm like i need four by eight uh or five by eight normally you can do like a six six by nine so we'll get to the whole thing so you buy it by the yard three feet so normally you want to buy usually a three yard and then they usually come six feet wide and uh yeah maybe yeah that's probably what it was yeah so you can get nine by six and i asked the woman i'm like i need this green felt and she goes why do you need and i was like i'm making making a table she goes oh like a poker table and i said yep yep poker table (laughs) (laughs) i also got that same question so what are you what are you making because I mean, it's mm-hmm. four yeah, giant swaths, and I was like, but, it, but it's a great investment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had, I mean, I've had that. I have the same laundry list of. I have a brown, a tan, a black, and a blue. The blue, you got to run those navy miniatures. I on something, right? Well, you yeah. got rid of your your. Uh, now I still have victory at Seals of Glory. We got to do some. Are we World gonna, War II. Are we going to do a water table though? We could. Yeah. Yeah, like those dudes we saw at Nexus. <laughs> uh, it was really table. cool, but the yeah, sorry, we won't go into that. The setup was I thought the setup for my spacewalk was ridiculous. That was ridiculous, where you had to make a pool. They basically made a pool. They took a ta- like a table, they lined it all with some kind of rubber. Actually, yeah. put real water in it, so not like a water table, like like a blue yeah, they were or whatever floating boat, like actual legit, water, like four floating, inches of water, yeah, and then floating boats. It was totally yeah. cool, but and then they, I felt like they. Took three hours to set up, played for half hour, and yeah. then took it all down. It yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> well, it was funny too because he set up like the 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 liner and like all the the walls and stuff, and then he he, he like looked to his daughter and he's like, "Where do you think they have water?" <laughs> it's like, oh man, how <laughs> much they have to haul in? Yeah. <laughs> um, Troy, there's one other thing we haven't talked about on the hobby list though. Um, what I, is this? I built. Uh, a Death Watch Corvus Dark Star, which is their nice assault ship that come in. Oh, okay. um, built that the other night. Is Excellent. That Forge World? No, just that's just the plastic. That's really? the plastic nice. uh, Death Watch kit. Super. Again, these new kits are amazing to put together. This is a piece of piece of kit. I mean, but it's a super cool kit. Lots of complexity, but just goes together so easy compared yeah. to. You know some of the stuff you used to doing in the past, so it was easy to knock that out. Again, that's something I'm hoping to add to the the new Space Hulk scenario we're going to do for Adepticon. So I'm slowly starting to build, trying to build that stuff up so there's the not the rush in the last couple world of years. famous <laughs> basement of death Space Hulk at Adepticon. World famous, world like famous. you're getting you're getting signed up for in seconds by Street by celebrities. Yeah, I mean we're talking people with like thirty, forty thousand downloads. Yes, and it may have been mentioned again on independent characters. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Carl talked about it. Yeah, maybe Carl talked about it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's awesome. So we may, we have to do something special for those guys. We'll see. Oh, man. Uh, I'm excited just thinking about it. <laughs> You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. Okay. Um, 
a, a hobby adjacent. Uh, what else have you? <laughs> what what else have you been buying? Is that like Troy? Bicurious? It's kind of like Bicurious. Yep. Um, hobby adjacent. I love that. Um, <laughs> non-binary. <laughs> so I was in, I ended up being in Chicago. We do not have an Ikea in yet. the greater Milwaukee area yet. There will be one in later 2017. Year. Next year, later next year. So, um, but I, so I was down in Chicago, went to Ikea. I wanted new bookshelves for the basement of death for gaming shelves. I'd been using a big kind of wire rack, which was pretty cool, but doesn't have the same thing. Um, so I did some research kind of dice tower kind of stuff he's actually similar or exactly the same ones that you see behind tom and those guys down at him so they're the calyx shelves I, I think i went all in at i don't know two maybe under 250 for must be i don't know it's probably six feet tall almost six feet wide had held all the games even and the more expensive part was actually just I have a bottom roll where I put in drawers and I closed like a little bit of a cabinet. Two fifty. Put it. It was easy to put together. And, I, uh, was I didn't touch. And it was no. There's no words. No words. No. I saw it and instantly I said, "Where'd this come from?" Yeah. When I walked into the basement, I was like, "This is amazing. Where's this from? How can I get one?" So I'm going in a couple weeks when I'm off work, like some random weekday down to Schaumburg to a Kyoto by my own. Yeah, and I mean, again, you on Board Game Geek, and if you can look, that's where I looked and did research, because I, I way back when, I remember I had heard the Dice Tower guys talk about it, um, and then so I did some research, and everybody really recommended it, and and it comes in so many configurations, so depending on what you have for space, I mean, I think mine's four, four by, a four by four, it's really five by four, so it's five squares tall and four of these squares because it comes in basically the squares of the bookshelves you put in uh, wide, and uh, yeah, I mean totally. It's so great. Looks, I'm really happy with it. Well, well worth the couple hundred bucks. It looks really nice. Yeah, because I, I mean I think I'm gonna buy the shelves to put all my games on and then use my cabinets for all my miniature stuff. Yeah, and then I like that bottom cabinet too because that would make a good like my TV's wall mounted down mm-hmm. in the basement. So just putting that in front for like, you know, put some books in the cabinets and PlayStation, PlayStation on top. Yeah. yeah, and that's what's what's cool is those are just so that's the same shelf. You can just buy these inserts. Yeah, for any of those things, and they have the either door drawer or drawers or just doors you can put on it to, yeah, to it's, break. It's, or they can do like you could do a basket to like if you don't want to do that, you could do you know, like kind of. All kinds of storage. So cool. Ikea. You know, we like Ikea. They do good storage stuff. And then you're going to get a Detloff case, too, to display your miniatures. Uh, yeah, but I got to paint I gotta paint better before I display anything. <laughs> you know, that's the same. I literally found the Detloff case at Ikea, and almost then I'm like, I don't really have anything. I, like I, figured, out, <laughs> like I, I figured out that the one miniature I'm, like, proudest of is because I put 50 to 60 hours of work into it. So it's, it's crazy when you're trying mm-hmm. the... Is that the Glock cane? Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 He looks awesome. Yep. And the Detloff is this glass display case at Ikea that if you really want, you can get it. So Adepticon Event Reg is coming up. Yeah. So or it happened. Done. It, it's happened. done. Happened. Done. It done. It That's went right. live late November um, on a Monday night, which was cool. It was like yep. 8 p.m. Monday. Yeah. Uh, that which is that nice because it wasn't Thanksgiving like, or, yeah, or something. Yeah. It wasn't a noon thing. They let people get home from work, which is. Yet again, another reason why Adepticon is better than Gen Con. Um, because they did a weeknight late registration. Went off almost flawlessly. I mean Yeah, I think I mean in the past, um as they've been as they were scaling up, I think they had some problem, you know, like the website being up, but I think now they have it 
I mean, behind the scenes, I think it's more of a scalable architecture in the cloud, so it'll get as much horsepower as it needs. So I didn't, I, I, the only things I heard are some people, there was a little bit of some of the events maybe weren't scheduled quite right, and so they were conflicting when they really weren't. But again, sounds like people jumped on, you know, there's enough ways to contact those guys. They went in, they yeah. tweaked stuff there. So yeah, I heard a lot less, I mean, the social media chatter about people not being able to get in. The stuff yeah, it was all I pretty positive. Past, yeah. It was it was all pretty good. Um, what events did you end up buying? Because you're running Space Hulk all yep. day Friday, all um, day Saturday. Um, yeah, we're, we we're tweaked it a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna do Friday. I'm gonna do the Gentlemen's 40K tournament, which is just a smaller, um, smaller, three, know, more limited. Games? Yeah, I think it's like three games, and I didn't, I haven't looked at the exact. A little limited on the the Force Org, but that'll be again. I just was looking for something to. Get a few games. Get a few in, games in. Shake some dice, yep. and so that that looks like, and it was looks like that'll be fun. I suppose it, you know, it should be less of the hardcore, but man, as soon as you play to win, right? As soon as you call a tournament, people are going to bring stuff to win. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but that'll be fun. The idea is just to get some games in. Friday, we start Space Hulk. Um, we, we're actually going to roll a little later, so we kind of do afternoon and kind of afternoon, late afternoon and evening. Oh, what's your evening time? Uh, I think like seven to eleven or Fuck yeah, so yeah. I can get in on that. Cool. Yeah. So we, I mean, the idea was to kind of shift a little bit rather than kind of do all day Friday and Saturday to really do two half a day. So the yeah. the late Friday. So we do the kind of because we all end up playing late anyway. So really, like yeah. That. Um, and then Monday a little earlier. So Monday I think we do like a ten to two, and then we finish up by like seven. Sunday so on Saturday, so Saturday, Saturday. So then we have Saturday evening free to do, yeah, to do whatever. So we've kind of compacted it a little bit, not have cool. much dead time between. Um, but again, same thing. Running four, hope to do a new scenario with kind of Death Watch. We may try something a little different to try and make that a totally cooperative versus kind of GM scenario. Very similar to what we've done in the past, but just try and tweak it because a lot of times we end up that way anyway because we have a couple no shows. One of us ends up running the Gene Steelers anyway. So we're going to try and see if I can make a little scenario like that. Um, and then Saturday, we're to kind of run the basic, the assault on um, Castabel. Castabel um, one, which has been the classic. That's a, it's a staple. Staple. And it's just, it, it's, it's a lot of fun, well-balanced. Yep. People always seem to have fun. And we're not going to, don't change it. You know, we, we tweak it out. We bling it out more and more. But If it ain't the, broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've played it a bunch of times, Ty and I, and... Uh, I still have fun with it every time. Yeah. So, and we, so I think, and so that's the plan that we'll do that one on, on Sunday. I mean, I, I don't because I never win. And then <gasps> Sunday, I think I have a combat patrol possibly. And, and, and then, and? and then Warhammer TV, Duncan Rhodes. Oh my God. At like, and like Sunday late afternoon. I just wanted to tell you in his British accent, Troy, thin your paints. <laughs> that, that's i am so like that's like the one thing i'm so excited i'm so excited i was about. super jealous because i, I could have done that but uh you guys are playing team tournament right uh sunday is gonna be day two of oh. gt oh gt okay yeah yeah so i mean tom tom and i registered for uh age of sigmar from thursday afternoon through sunday night we're playing uh three six eleven or twelve games of mm-hmm. age of sigmar over those three days, we're doing the Vanguard tournament Thursday afternoon. It's three games at a thousand points. We're doing the team tournament, which is all day Friday from eight a.m. until seven p.m. And then we're doing the GT Saturday morning through Sunday night. It's the way to do it. All, I, all Sigmar all the time. All Sigmar all the time. 
uh, it's good. I, I mean, filled my card at Adepticon, and all of a sudden I checked out, and I was like, two hundred sixty dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did I? What did I buy? Pint glass, hoodie, T-shirt, yeah. and three huge tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll be good. I mean, that's that's the point of Adepticon. I mean, that's that's, like that's where fun. we're going. Yep. It's um, and I and I I mean, you guys have you'll be in the experience, but I think everything that I've heard right is I mean, Age of Sigmar actually is not as the games aren't quite as long, intensive. Even though you're playing that many games, if, it wasn't like I did it again. Um, on the <laughs> if we do things the right way, we're winning in turn two. If we do things the wrong way, we're done by turn two. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of let's go buy a beer for our opponent, hang out, shoot the shit, see some cool guys like uh, the Heel and Hammer guys, Dan and yep. Wayne, Tyler Mangle, um, you know, a whole bunch yep. of guys. There's just such a great community on Twitter. And, and around and all those guys are going to be at the tournament so it'll be cool just to kind of hang out around the tables talk to that's that's half the fun that i had last year was just yep. the environment and adepticon is great and I, I it's tough to make age of sigmar real cutthroat i mean it's going to yep. be competitive it's, it's going to be just, some serious it's gamers kind of, it just doesn't have the crazy it's the crazy complexity that 40k has now yeah. that's just mind draining like that when you're doing like i don't know there will be people that do that many games of 40k but i that you're just you're brain dead but i think age of sigmar is a little bit more not as i must say intense it's just the the complexity of that you can actually think more strategically and and as you do the games rather than have to worry about am i break what rule is this and what's my yeah. point kind of stuff like you're just not as mind-numbing and tommy and tom and i are really excited for the team tournament because when we play each other He's he's good at the the meta, the list building, the the kind of theory crafting of a list, and I execute a little bit better on the table. So we're we're really excited to kind of pair that and be able to play together against people because we we do have totally different approaches to the game and dynamics and execution and list building. So that that's what I'm most excited for of what I've registered for is me and Tom to just throw down and. Yeah, Hopefully, I, beat up some people. Yeah, I am. I am so excited for Adepticon. It's uh, three months away. It's roughly. gonna come so I mean, quick. It's gonna some when you're trying to paint miniatures. Away. Oh God! <laughs> I'm already just basic. I'm like, how many God. weekends do I have to get all this shit done? So yeah, yeah. I've got a week off of work coming up, and I think I'm gonna spend a serious amount of time painting because yeah. I've I'll have most of my stuff assembled for my my army, and I just gotta just gotta paint paint it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I said I think I'm actually going to look to see if I can commission a couple of things. I want to paint up a couple new squads, um, and then so I may actually farm some of that out just to relieve some of the pressure and stress and be able to focus on other things. Like if again, if I'm going to play in combat patrol and other things to get those armies ready. Otherwise, you hate it. Hate it to feel like work, right? If you feel yeah. like oh, you get up against these deadlines and work, it should this will always be fun. So yeah. All I know is I just I just want to improve on my 17 pain points. <laughs> from from yep. my aisles, you, yep. you missed that one banner last year, dude. It was a ribbon. A it ribbon. Was so yeah. disappointing. I don't That's think right. the judges saw that. It's just my painting <laughs> shitty. Coop, did you uh, register for anything? I did not yet. Sign up for the Vanguard tournament, dude. Thousand points. I I um, I might actually do that. Tom already built you a badass list. That he you did. He he shot me a list in that text group, and it's a lot of miniatures to paint, but. Yeah, I, I I might try. Yeah, it. Blood bond. You can do a ton of just red basically dry brush, and, yeah, yeah. blood splatter. Right. right. They just yeah, yeah just they've Weapon, been they've been killing a lot of stuff. There's a lot of blood splatter. Everything's red. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Toothbrush 
<laughs> blood for the blood god affects technical paint <laughs> splatter across just there you, go. you could line them up in a row and just go <laughs> reapply paint <laughs> well gentlemen i need another drink bro yeah let's uh let's take a quick break and uh we'll come back with our main topic welcome back everyone for our main topic i'll say topics it's gonna be it's gonna be like a <laughs> it's a grab bag you know just a end of the year wrapping up in another our third year of bringing Boom. you this oh. hot show for your listening pleasure the hotness three years guys we've been sitting around mics three years sitting around mics That's pretty cool right? so we're gonna wrap it up with three main topics mm-hmm. three main topics uh, and there's three of us and Oh, it, it's it's the it's the world of threes. I mean, there's mm-hmm. something magical about the number three. It's pretty good. We got three drinks. Three drinks. Three people. That makes sense. Why there's three <laughs> drinks. <laughs> three noses. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh man! But six feet. It's bananas. It's bananas. Um. So yeah, we're gonna kind of talk about the legacy game trend of 2016, and kind of what we think about that. Um, our favorite game. Uh, of the year of the year for 2016 and then games monopoly g- g- games yeah in case you can't decide shoots and ladders i might not be able to decide on one <laughs> and then uh, connect four connect four some gaming goals for 2017 so looking into the future little in advance of, of new year's yeah uh, i mean our gaming is... resolution i mean mm-hmm. yeah right yeah what, what we're gonna do for for 2017 sure we're gonna so. get done so so let's talk about uh, the legacy games. You know, Steve Saint said your story is the greatest legacy that you will leave to your friends. It's the longest lasting legacy you will leave to your heirs. Your story. Right. Think about that for mm. just a minute. I'm getting deep here, and it's, there's a reason. It's deep. But ultimately, what Rob Davion, I think we can call him the godfather of legacy games. You know, yep. his input on Risk Legacy several years ago, which was mm-hmm. way ahead of its time. Um, and then most recently, the biggest one to really hit the the gaming um, world was Pandemic Legacy a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And then his he's been working on this for a really long time. Seafall dropped at Gen Con, but his uh, the general mechanic is it's a game that you play through and experience and develop a, a story. You know, you build the world yourself. Things happen. Things change. Grudges last. Um, and that mechanic of a progressive game where usually you pick up a board game, you open it up, you play it. It's a whole new experience. Mm -hmm. Every time you play things might go similarly, you know, you might have a strategy you stick to, but ultimately the legacy style, it's, it's, uh, a collaborative experience that you're playing through with the game. Right. And your decisions are lasting. Like, it was really long winded mm -hmm. there. No, it was good. Uh, I mean, your, your, every, every point your decisions mean something and, and they, they stick like, uh, you know, you attack this Island, you do this thing, you cure this disease. It's, it's, that's what happened. Right. And, you know, 10 turns from now or the next gaming session, that's think that thing still happened and it still affects that future game. So it, it, it's really interesting. It's a, it's a, it, so, you know, like D and D realms or, you know, any kind of, role-playing game that's kind of a, a common theme right but in in board gaming that doesn't it doesn't always translate right and so th- this is yeah. kind of a new 
way to look at board gaming in that same ilk. So, yeah. and know. well, and I, right. And when this first was new, or like, well, new, like Risk Legacy kind of came out. It kind of made an, in, an impact, but I think because it was Risk, people weren't like yeah, taking it, it completely seriously. Pandemic Risk, which is really kind of end of 2015, right? Pandemic where that, Legacy was. Legacy, sorry. Yeah. Pandemic Legacy. Um, really kind of couple hit, years ago couple yeah i think it was kind of 2015 it really hits and that's when it kind of there but that's where you started to get people the, the two camps right the people who are like oh my god i can't change my game i don't want to wreck my game i don't want to write my but then i think as people warmed up they realized most of our board games they kind of go through a cycle like i we play them x number of times and there are a few that always stay in the collection and keep getting played a lot of them they kind of run their cycle and you've played them and then the, the amount of times you're going to play them again kind of decreases or they move out of your collection entirely, whatever. And so people have just kind of said, well, as a legacy game, I'm going to play it through its cycle and then that's it. Right. And I got mm-hmm. my money's worth out of it. When you look at your investment, a lot of times it's just that what's that entertainment dollar getting you the, I don't know what pandemic legacy is 40 bucks, 50 bucks, something like that. <laughs> 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Um, to, to get it. Um, and you but, you play through the 12 months. You yeah, can and you, play each one twice. So max of 24 games, minimum of 12. You figure it out. It's three, four, five dollars per play. Right. Play with four players. It's a dollar per person per game. Like right. and the amount you, of you go to the movies and it costs you no, fourteen dollars exactly. for right. two hours. Yeah. So like the the cost kind of cost benefit fun ratio. I always think about a game yep. of am I going to play this three times? Okay, is it going to take me two hours? It's six hours. And you can do that quick math of, is it worth my entertainment okay. budget for the fun? Or is it going to sit on my shelf for five years and never get played because yeah. I, I have a problem? <laughs> and we have but, games like, right, there are games like that. Yeah, there are games yeah. that you look at yourself and you're like, oh, I bought that a year ago and I still haven't got to the table like, yet. Like yeah. Sales of glory. The sales of glory, right? We finally <laughs> got it out and flipped it over. Um, yeah, so I think some of that argument kind of faded as people kind of took a different look at, at their what their the bang for the buck that they're getting out of it. Yeah. And what, what I've really enjoyed. So, um, I started playing pandemic legacy early this year, like April. Um, my character I've played every time we've played, we've played eight games, I think of it. And it's lasted us. It's something we Mm -hmm. can keep coming back to. And I have my character and I've, uh, I'm the medic in pandemic. So I go to where the outbreaks are. I cure the diseases. I do the things, well, I got a scar that, you know, I'm, I'm grizzled, like things affect me in certain ways. And I have these abilities and you forge these relationships that you put stickers on your character card where you interact with a specific player in a way. And it helps build that identity of, it's not just me sitting down playing pandemic, taking a a role. It's, this is my character. I'm invested. He survived through six seasons. We need him. He's an integral part of the team. Because as you get more scars and bad things happen, you lose the option to play that character. And, like, that's just a a really cool concept of, you know, you play a role-playing game, you build your character, he dies, you roll a new character. You know, it's Mm -hmm. progressive. And um, I've had a blast playing Pandemic Legacy. Seafall is, you know, the newest, and it's definitely Mm -hmm. the most in-depth world I've seen in the, the vein of Legacy games. And the other thing I wanted to talk about too is other than Davio's legacy games there hasn't been much out there and i think you know his have made such an impact you look at uh what is it kingdom death um Mm -hmm. monster it's kind of that idea and some of these things leading down that campaign 
route. Yeah, there's a little bit, right? You could draw a parallel a little bit with some of the com- campaign style games, right? And I think the legacies, the 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 defining line there may be the the permanent change to the game, yeah, right? Put or a sticker a, in the rule book and a new rules there. Right. Rip up a card, like the card reads: Ugh. do this, label this, destroy okay. this card. Yeah. Josh cringed every uh-huh. time when we were playing Seafall. <laughs> I would rip the card in the quarters and just cast it aside. So I guess so. I got the idea of uh, of a legacy game. Like it, it made sense to me, and I, I knew some of this stuff was permanent and and things were going to change. But I, I guess it didn't really sink in in my <laughs> brain. Ripped the card up. <laughs> yeah, that it was. It's it's it's, it's really a one shot game. Like you're playing it through. You're gonna play it a bunch of times. But you're going to play it through... You don't get the same experience more than once. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it, it like hurt my heart watching him rip up these cards yeah. and you permanently changing the game with stickers and writing on the cards and writing on the board. And I'm just like, what are we doing? It really makes me wish I had neater handwriting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would probably just get Mandy to come and write on every single. Yeah, one. like Mandy has to come and write. Yeah, ni- yeah. write nicely on my stuff. I was that. being really careful with the pen. Yeah. And, yeah. So uh, along that vein, would you? I. Even though you don't change it, would you consider like Time Stories is the only one that you could almost I, consider that because it is in that only yeah. play it you really can only play it once yeah, you, yeah. i shouldn't say you, you could but you, you can only really experience it fully that first time you could play it again with other people and kind of sit in the back and do that because i've known people that have played through it again but you don't get that same experience yeah. that yep. you do that first time you get the, it's a one I, play i think i think it is and and it could have gone that next level of legacy if game the game expansion to expansion you built upon it mm-hmm. you added stuff to the board or to your um your abilities yeah. as a player yeah. and there's a little bit of that uh, yeah, but not yeah. not as much as you it's, could have it's right it's kind of a mini legacy yeah. right it's you're playing it three four five maybe six it, times and, and it goes back to that it's it's an experience yeah you know right it's, um it's not every time you play a game you're having an experience sure but those those games legacy games time stories campaign games it's about and we've talked about this probably ad nauseum, but the story, you know, creating an, an event, going through it, developing um, the depth of character and the depth of your experience. And I think that's an important part to Time Stories mm-hmm. and Seafall Pandemic Legacy is the depth. You're, you're diving through a whole new layer into a world where there's a, there's a world that you're a part of. It's yeah. not like you're manipulating it outside as an observer. You are actively changing the world around you as part of that game experience yeah you're naming ports you're uh destroying diseases you're whatever you know like you're actively changing the game as you play and um and then the next time you play it that thing is still changed that's that thing stays the way it is yeah it's one last thing i want to talk about too with the legacy game i got one one more just on the downsides right is that uh you can sorry is that Uh, you have to because you're playing this that's kind of a a cunty thing to do (laughs) (laughs) i'm being the devil's advocate here on taking that side of the the argument um is all these games you because you're going to play it multiple times you really need to like the actual base game, right? If you don't like Pandemic, 
yeah you're not going to like pandemic legacy as much as even as cool as it is i think that might have been why risk risk legacy didn't maybe get as much traction Mm -hmm. right i mean there's people who really like it and say oh it's pretty cool but in the end it was still playing risk 10 times or whatever it is to get through it and so i think that that's why you saw pandemic kind of because in my mind, at least, Pandemic's a, kind of a much richer game than Risk. And actually a lot different. Right? You have co-op versus competitive and stuff like that. And now Seafall, again, you have a much richer, more complex game that's there. But in the end, you're going to really hopefully like that game because you're going to play it 12 times whatever yeah. plus to get there. And so that that can kind of be the, the the downside of it is, you know, the game itself has to be good so that you can it can withstand kind of that change and in your you know you want to play it again over and over again right which is kind of lo- i mean some of the feedback you've heard with seatball is some people if they don't like nice they like right if they don't enjoy the game passionately yeah. that they want to play it 12 times right. which right. may be myself um <laughs> uh. <laughs> right that 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 that's the trick and, and downside of it to get there but yeah i think yeah and in in Right now, the the concept is still new enough that I think we we definitely haven't seen the end of the legacy style of game, um, and I'm I'm actually pretty excited to see what else develops out of that. Where where does that mechanic? Because let's let's call it what it is. You know, it's, it's a mechanic in essence, or a, a style, a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, where else does that go? What does it lend itself towards? Um, what other games out there can be adapted into a legacy style experience? Right. Um, yeah. The, the one thing that, so for Seafall specifically, the, the fall behind catch up mechanics, um, I, if, if they tweak that correctly, I think that makes the game more fun for folks that maybe are falling behind or, you know, even if you're like way ahead and you're winning, so to speak, uh, you know, it's it's not as fun, right? If if you're like way ahead and nobody's ever going to catch up to you, so that whole like catch up or fall behind mechanic uh, and techniques in the game, uh, I think if they balance that out correctly, it's really going to make the game. And, and having so having played Pandemic Legacy about halfway through the the season, if you will, whatever they call it. It is progressive. Things happen, but you get new rules. And as you win, you get less bonuses and benefits to make you better. So the game catches up. The more you lose, the more bonuses and like help you get for the players to make it so you don't just continue to spiral downward and the world crashes to ruin around you. Seafall, it seems that it resets enough between games yeah. where you're starting on a relatively level playing field. So the, the things that have happened in the world and what's been explored is there and the names and the, you know, but, but there's not a lot of carryover as far as, well, you built up these 12 buildings and you hire right. these five advisors. Mm-hmm. You keep one advisor, you keep no buildings, you right. keep some goal, like your you upgrades reset, little. your buildings reset, the certain things reset at, you know, to baseline at the, at the beginning of next session. And yeah, yeah I, I think you're totally right. Um, you know, some of that, that catch up or fall behind mechanic is, is built in. And I think that's great. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the added complexity and difficulty with the competitive legacy game, right. Is now like pandemic yeah, as a co-op, you don't have to worry as much about right. individual balance between because it's you against the bo- the board, mm-hmm. right? To get there, but again, back the risk risk legacy. That's probably why that was maybe a little weaker because it didn't have as much. Whereas Seafall, 
right? That game, like it depends again, depends on your mindset coming to it, right? You could have a total fun just playing the game. Like I'm going to do the exploring. I'm going to give my ships and not as much care about, am I really winning or am I not? Right. Sure. You can get a, cause again, like there's some games like I'm going like, again, I don't want to draw too much purple, but like Firefly merchants and marauders, like I, I can play those games and have the experience of the game. And I might've got, you know, I didn't, wasn't the one to win over, but I had a total, cause I was able to tell my little story. I was able you know, do the stuff. And I think Seafall has a, maybe a little bit of that, right. Where you can just have fun experiencing the world and building out my stuff. And I'm trying to win, right? But I can still get enjoyment time after time without having yeah. to be, worry about who's really winning or something else like that. But if somebody comes to that game like I just want to win, that may be uh, you know tricky on that. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah, and and definitely I'm, you know, to kind of wrap up that that topic. Right now, there it, it's it's on the board game geek hotness. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of people playing it. Excited to see where it goes. There's there's some good things coming. We haven't seen the end of it by no means, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited to see what other what other you know areas are covered. Does something like and, and I, I thought about this a lot in leading up to this Dead of Winter, which is such mm-hmm. a great experience, mm-hmm. and that crossroads mechanic and the story. <laughs> how great does a game mm-hmm. like that become if it's progressive and that the betrayer be cool. that's been exiled and the yeah. characters that die things things like that that you could just you could make that into that experience where whoever contributed and helped out yeah they're the hero they're you know they get a benefit they up morale but then you've got the betrayer that you've exiled that becomes like a a foil to the the community yeah, so like i mean a thorn i thought about side, yeah. one thing i was going to pose to you guys is what's a game or a, a world that you want to see a legacy game in and for me it's it's dead of winter sorry to put you on the spot no but i don't i think we should call gilmore right now yeah he should get working on this <laughs> call, call up colby at <laughs> yeah. Flathead and yeah. uh, john gilmore yep <laughs> isaac get working on it isaac vega yep. be like yep. guys guys here we got a great idea for you get working on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's awesome. But, so I I do have a reveal. Yes, you from told earlier. us this. So I may have found a copy of Seafall on eBay that fell off a truck and was lightly damaged, sitting on my shelf. But uh, but my see, you guys are gonna be upset. But no. my whole plan is I'm actually just gonna open it and read it. I that's I want to experience it, but I'm not probably going to play 12 games. Will you will you just play it once? Will I play it once? Maybe. Yeah. Play maybe. the prologue with us, but, and yeah, then the make the decision because the prologue yeah. doesn't. It, it's it gets reset. Yeah. You could yeah. Just do it because I, I I'm interested enough that I want to understand like because you're curious like okay what did he think about in design would it, yeah so I actually want to kind of go through it and open it up and so we should play the and, prologue and be, I would be non and I'm probably just open it up go through it package it up and sell it for twenty bucks to somebody, um, but well I'll buy it from from you for twenty bucks no, but right. let's it play has the prologue. slight damage on the cover it's, it's a fine tiny thing I don't care but but that was, yeah I just I because I was cool. somewhere I'm like if I find one cheap I just want to. Because that's what I. And there's people who said that who said you know I they weren't they weren't excited to play it or they played it or whatever and then they kind of experienced it like well we just went through and we kind of opened the things and read through this thing to because there's a lot there, um, but it's just are you going to invest the right the whatever twenty hours to into to finishing the game? Cool. So that's my reveal. Very cool, Josh. Any any uh, legacy games you want to see made? Oh, that's a great question. 
and Machi Koro doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think I'm with you. Like the dead when you said Den of Winter, that that would be a great legacy game. Um, I, that's the thing that keeps spinning through my mind now that now that you said it, I can't think of anything else. Hopefully, our you know like twelve listeners, yeah, don't steal my idea. Ping them, guys, everybody. No. Well, guys, what was uh, what was your favorite game of 2016? Uh, there, there was a handful of really great ones. Pokemon Go. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, is John with us today? No, oh. but there's a Ratata <laughs> on the corner of your desk. <laughs> oh, sorry, I ruined that. Let's no. go to the next topic. <laughs> No, see, I and so we talked about Seafall, but I think Seafall is definitely in that in that discussion of a favorite game of 2016. We've only played through the prologue, but I can definitely see how it would be really fun. Me personally, I really liked Scythe. I think we we talked about it ad nauseum uh, a couple episodes ago, but it, there's just so much going on, and it's so fun and replayability is there um i i don't know i i really really enjoyed scythe so i don't i don't know what you guys think uh what's your what's your game of 2016 troy Troy. so i think again this is a really a 2015 game but we didn't start playing it until 2016. I I think my top is gonna be time stories, just from the amount of enjoyment we've had uh, moving through that. Um, so you've you've played the base. You we played Marcy Case. We played Marcy. Yeah, we played the first two. So play, okay, and we're you, gonna start. You haven't the third. done uh, Prophecy of Dragons. Dragons is the next one we're doing. Okay, yeah. but so I picked that up and Marcy Case, and I haven't opened it up yet. Oh yeah, it just the the fun the group we've had and we, it's taken us and we've been terrible at it absolutely terrible like, i think it's taken us three three times on each to get to get through them um but just again that experience and having this the story uh, and the uniqueness of it is has been really good so i think the experiences we had there um and then kind of my honorable mention was again came out very end of last year was zombicide black plague like, i could yeah. think that game's we're still excited to get that to the table. And yeah. again, it's got everything. It's got the minis. It's got, you know, cool stuff. You can have some really epic, you know, um, kind of exciting moments of like, am I going to survive? Are going to die? Uh, and cool like that. So that's probably, that's probably my, my honorable mention as a more of a true board game. Um, but Time Stories, we've got, definitely got the probably some of the most plays in terms of, you know, we've, I've got whatever, three times, you know, six times playing, a couple hours each. So probably the most time i probably put on a board game this year thanks cool um yeah i mean so at at gen con i was super super geeked about uh seafall couldn't pick it up got it shortly thereafter really love the first play i mean that's that's strong i i love the game i love the concept scythe though is just such a great um great game everything about it has been fantastic i've loved i've played it four or five times now with different groups, different audiences and enjoyed it every time. Um, but you know what, what else is out there is granted it was summer of 15, July, August when Sigmar came out, but (laughs) the, the general's handbook that dropped this summer in 2016 was a game changer and made age of Sigmar, um, just something that is, it's going to be played by me, uh, for years. And, they're going to keep doing the general's handbook. So, I mean, to leave that out would be a disservice yeah. to 
how great GW did releasing yep. that. And then um, a couple months, you know, less than a year, year into it, just dropped the format of play and mm-hmm. kind of set the course for their, their future. And there's a lot of rumor about 40K going that direction, the General's Handbook right. style of, of uh, play. So um, Scythe and, and Age of Sigmar were my uh, games of, of 2016 for sure. And the, the campaign edition of Age of Sigmar... Uh, kind of plays into our uh, legacy game <laughs> theory a little bit, right? So for yeah, sure. I mean, cool. I'm a sucker for campaigns. I, I run five D and D campaigns. I play, so I love the progressive um, style. But so, gentlemen, what what are your gaming goals for 2017? Looking to the future for next year, Tyson. What what's your gaming goals for 2017 i mean i'd i'd like to like you know triple my money in my online sports book um <laughs> the other gaming other oh, gaming oh, yep. oh not not <laughs> illegal gambling um oh man i mean adepticon the the tournament scene of age of sigmar i really want to win a game I, I just you got I, this. that's a great goal. I'm you playing I'm playing eleven mm-hmm. or twelve games of Sigmar at Adopticon. I want to win one. You got this. One and eleven. You, you can, can do you it. Got it. Yep. So I, I believe in you. You know, as a part, I think it's. it's I'll take the over. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. God, I hope so. If I don't, I'm quitting. Um, but no, I, I want to be. I want to. I want to do okay at Sigmar in a competitive scene. Um, I just. I also want to. I love gaming so much. I want to. I want to find more opportunities. I game a lot, but you know, a weekly game night or every other week, something like that, um, and getting other people into the hobby too, like Tom and his friends in the D and D, uh, and getting a chance to play, you know, Scythe and maybe some other games um, with Nicole and like just. I want to find more time for gaming and for my my hobby. I do a lot of it, but like. I really just want to. I wanna want to make some more. progress and play more and get more painted. So, excellent. Long answer for a simple oh. question. How about you, Troy? What's your 2016 so goal? Gaming goal. I, I'm in the same a little bit like Ty saying. I think it's trying to get a little more structure around some of the the to get more play in and mostly around some of the miniature stuff. I mean we as much as we have passion for miniature stuff and that's actually what got us all together in the beginning. Um, and I think we're getting starting to get a whole feel to get back into some of that and whether it's age of Sigma or 40 K kind of stuff. Um, so I think there's opportunity to find how do we kind of structure a little more so we can have, get, get some of those miniature games to the table besides, you know, and I think some of the focusing on some of the competitive play stuff is usually helps because then people want to practice games and do mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I think that's going to be something, and and along with that, trying to, I'm also trying to schedule some more, you know, structure some more hobby time to to figure out, you know, whether it's that hour a night kind of thing or hour every other night is probably more realistic or something like that, because you can if you get into it and just do a little bit like that, it's amazing how much stuff you can get done. So I think that's kind of the focus there. I mean, I think we've been doing. I like some of the stuff I've been doing with a little bit just after work gaming, just trying to get more of the board game stuff in but now it's like how do we fill that that miniature game gap that's (laughs) (laughs) yeah josh what about you buddy yeah so i have this uh bloodbound army that has hardly any paint on it so that, that that's my goal for 2017 is to 
get the majority of it painted. Um, no, no. Set set your aim high. All of it. All get all of it painted. I want to get all of it painted. Um, more importantly, what I'd like to get done by Nexus is have a um, Black Plague 3D map. Um, I, I have the idea. I, ha- I have it all kind of worked out. I just need to do all the casts, all the molds, and then actually run like kind of like what Troy does for um, uh, Space Hulk. I, I, wa- I want to run a Black Plague scenario. Minis, bro. Well, it, I mean that I might lean on you guys a little bit for some we of your might, minis. We might have some painted minis. Yeah, you, might, you guys uh, might so, have some painted minis. So but, event registration is open for an ex- event submission. A submission. So you can submit your event, and then that might give you more motivation you to get it done. That yeah. would force me to get <laughs> so and you're and, like and, six months away. And and the backup plan could be just the tiles right. and just run right. the normal yeah, you game. You don't have to put in the description that it's 3D, right? Um, say a really cool board, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I think at, at the very least, I want to run Black Plague um, and then have you guys. So, I have a scenario kind of. I, I need to play it with you guys a little bit to kind of iron it out, but I have a scenario in my head that I, I want to play out. So, um, yeah, that's my idea. I'm, I'm going to throw one more out there, too. All right. I'm ready. Gaming Goal 2017. We play a lot of games, we think a lot about gaming. Mm hmm. I want each of us to have a concept and central rules of a game in 2017. Matt, 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 Tommy, and I stayed up after D and D the other night, just spitballing. <laughs> and Matt said, "Guys, we have three good ideas here. Let's let's do a 20 day game challenge." And Tom and I were like, "That's crazy. We don't have time." Then he's like, "You don't need a super awesome prototype. Just like something and like a page of rules. So at Christmas time, when we're home, we can play and give each other feedback." And I. I meant to bring this up, but I know Josh, you've been working on something, but mm-hmm. 2017, I want to design something. Okay. I want to create something. That's a great idea. Other than a campaign. Yeah. I just, I want to finally get off my ass, stop being lazy and make it happen. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I need to finish the idea that I started, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that's a great idea. And you know how we do that. We hold each other accountable. Yep. Let's do it. Listener, Whoa. you get it done too. Make more games. Play Make more, more games. games. Play more games. Well, gentlemen, it's been real. Dude, it's been so much fun. I I just peed myself. It's been real fun. I peed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I gotta get rid of this button hat. What's up, Bo?
had to get rid of my hat. It was annoying. Why? Why was it annoying? Because it was like in my way. In your way? It didn't fit well over the, oh. the headphones. You know, the tools of the trade. Turn, my head's getting warm. Turn me up on my headphones. Oh. Turn it up. Hey, can we rap? Can we do like a, a Fat Kid Posse and like Basement of Death collab album? Yeah, you should do like a quick like thirty second rap. I can't. I can't flow. I need Tommy to write my shit, and then I just go, yeah, mm. yeah, mm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like the Rick Ross. You write my shit for me, and then I just spit. You spit mad fire. 